meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number eight, Why Timeouts Don't Work. Ooh, doggy. I'm a little nervous about this topic, so I'm going to read some reviews to kind of give me the courage <laughs> to talk about this topic because I know it's a very touchy one. So your reviews on iTunes and Spotify literally are the gas to my car. Because I want to start every single episode with disclaimers after disclaimers after disclaimers. Like, I'm not perfect. David's not perfect. Kids aren't perfect. Don't look at us. Don't put us on the pedestal. Don't do any of that stuff. Because I never want someone to listen to the podcast and then feel worse about their life because they feel like, oh, Kelly's saying it's all my fault. I realized when I was on my journey, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a hot, stinking hot minute. If I'm the problem then that means I'm the solution because I thought Lily and Grady had the problem. And when I had that epiphany, it was game on like Donkey Kong. So I've been paying it forward ever since because some every day my brain wakes up and it says, Kelly, stop putting yourself out there. Just play small. Go back in the cave. Enjoy your happy little life with your harmonious little family. Just enjoy your four walls. Why do you have to step out every single day? Every day I wake up to that voice. So your reviews mean the world to me. And they literally are the gas to my car. And my brain's like, okay, Maybe we should do another one. Let's just do one more. So Meg's three, Elizabeth said, Kelly is so raw and honest. She makes you truly think about how you're parenting and what can be changed to make life better. I love putting her ideas into practice with my littles. Oh, I love little kids. I'm so excited for the new podcast and can't wait to hear more. And Maul says, these podcasts are incredible. What? Me? Incredible? The podcast? Oh, wait, don't make it about me. I'm just the vessel. I'm just the Holy Spirit just talks through me. And I'm just like, when I'm finished, my producer, Kim, who's amazing, will be like, can you send me the link to that video you referenced or that book? And I'm like, I have no idea what I said. I'm literally just channeling all of this knowledge and it's not coming from me. It's literally coming from a a greater source, a greater power. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. And it just literally uses me as the vessel to get this message through. She says, these podcasts are incredible. Thank you for teaching me how to truly listen to my kids and not make it about me. Oh, I made it about me for five long, exhausting years. So I'm so glad that I can pay this forward. Love the honesty in real life tool. Some symmetry says, Nancy Rivera. Hi, Nancy. Love to hear from someone that seems to know exactly what I'm going through in parenthood. That first podcast was tough, yo. I woke up with a vulnerability hangover the next day. I was like, that was rough. What if no one listens? She says, the analogies used to compare kids' behaviors makes total sense. I can't wait to continue listening. Oh, I am an analogy junkie. Like I could be driving in a car. I'd be at a red light. I'm like, okay, this is an analogy for something. So I already said like five of them, like gas in the car, red light. Like it's, it's, it's a problem. I might have a problem with analogies. I think I'm addicted to analogies. Is that, is there like a rehab for that? Because I'm addicted. 
hardcore. I do have an addictive personality, so um, just bear with me. So I am addicted to this whole conscious parenting, and I'm addicted to paying it forward, and I'm addicted to personal development and listening to literally like a book a week on personal development. I am obsessed with understanding the brain, understanding how to make have a better marriage, better parenting, better life, how to get your house organized, how to have really better relationship with yourself. I mean, I am obsessed. So guess what? You get the fruits of all that obsession because I have to put it, I have to give it somewhere. I can't just keep it all to myself. So today we're talking about timeouts and let me just huge, have a huge disclaimer. There's nothing wrong if you're using them. There's nothing you're doing wrong. I did them for years. The problem I have with them and had with them is they just don't work. For me, they don't. Here's the situation. If they're working for you, everything I say, please take with a grain of salt and know that I want to unleash the power within you as a parent. I'm not your parenting expert. I'm trying to give you the reins to understand that you were given the exact child that you were meant to have to teach you where you need to grow or children. Like end of story. The child that you have and the children you have is the exact match. You are the exact match for them and they are the exact match for you. Once you realize that, it's like, oh, okay. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for this gift. It's like, I feel like I'm in a classroom of parenting and like I have the answers to like the parenting questions that everybody has. And I like, I'm just giving out the answers like rapid fire. I'm like, here are all the answers to make this class a little bit easier. And cheating is okay in this class. And so timeouts is one of those things that I want to talk about and explore. I'm sure Super Nanny is going to come after me. The problem I have and had with timeouts is I never saw them as working and working meaning I never saw it improving the behavior. And isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal that we want to be less frustrated? We want to have more harmony in the home. Hello, I named a whole podcast after it. (laughs) It's like (sighs) harmony is the goal. But it doesn't have to be harmonious all the time. So what do you do during the messy moments? The reason why timeouts are difficult for me, and they really backfired on me, especially with Lily. She was like, she her behavior actually got worse with timeouts. Like, I mean, there's versions of it like time in and take a break and all that good stuff. The problem with timeouts is it doesn't really do a good job of teaching the kids strategies to learn emotional literacy. I talk about emotional literacy all the time because I literally think that is the most important gift that I can give to Lily and Grady is give them the ability to regulate their emotions, regulate and what to do with their negative emotions and normalize them as much as humanly possible for these 18 years that they are in under my roof, assuming they leave at 18. I don't know how that all works. They're only they're very young now. Because I I feel like our house, our four walls and your four walls are the emotional laboratory and it's a microcosm of what they're going to experience in life. So if we're teaching a child reading, if I'm teaching a child how to read, I give them lots of strategies. I tell them to chunk it, sound it out, look at the picture clues, look at the context clues, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, all those strategies so that when a child gets to a word they don't know, they use one of their strategies. They pull out of their toolbox. Same thing with math. We do Common Core in Florida. What do you do when you get to a math problem you don't know? If you're doing double-digit subtraction, what do you do with this math problem? 
you break it into parts. 16 minus 7, David does it one way, Lily does it another, Grady does it another, and I do it another. Like, what? 16 take away 7, there's like only one way of doing it. You make it to 10, you take away 7, you have 3, and you add 6. And they looked at me like I had 17 heads. So the same thing has to happen when you're teaching emotional literacy. You have to teach them what to do when they're feeling sad, mad, anxious, frustrated, disappointed. You have to normalize it, but you also have to teach them what to do with those negative emotions. What do you do with those negative emotions? I love getting frustrated with something that has nothing to do with them. I love feeling overwhelmed with something that has nothing to do with them. So I can model it for them of... What do I do when someone cuts me off? What do I do when I have a lot of chores? What do I do when I have 75 emails and they all need to be replied to at once? I ask them for advice. I'm like, listen, people, I have to empty this dishwasher and I really don't want to. I know you're helping me by doing the laundry, but this is a big frog for me. You know that saying, eat the frog? So great. You'd be like, set the timer, mom. I'm like, you're so smart. How do you know how to handle overwhelm? You're only eight years old. So I'm not only asking for their advice, I'm seeing what do they gravitate towards? What have I modeled? What have we role-played with them? What strategies they do they go to when they're feeling these ways? Lily had a lot of issues with anxiety when she was younger. So I did the gozen.com program with her, which was life-changing for us both because I was so close to it. I was like, wait a minute, she's absorbing this anxiety from me. So I learned how to meditate. I started doing the miracle morning. I did gozen with her. I studied anxiety. I didn't hold it down like a beach ball like Brooke talks about. When you repress and push down emotions, it's like holding a beach ball underneath water. It's like holding in a sneeze. It's like holding in a yawn. The repression and pushing down of it, that resistance of it, causes more pain. So I want the beach balls to be floating all over the pool. I want the sneeze. I want the yawn. I want all the things happening. I want them to feel their feelings. Because what timeout teaches them is when you're having a negative emotion, I want you away from me as much as humanly possible until it goes away. Because it's very uncomfortable to see our kids uncomfortable. So we have to get comfortable seeing our kids uncomfortable and hold the space for them and go into those negative emotions with them. Timeout does the exact opposite. Go to your room until you calm down. They go to the room and they're like, what do I do now? They, we used to have a timeout rug and Lily would sit in the timeout rug and she told me later, she's like, I didn't know what to do. So I just cried more. Think about it. Like we're not teaching them what to do with their negative emotions. So then when they have the negative emotions next time, they're going to do it all over again. And then what they learn is negative emotions are bad. And when I have a negative emotion, I feel, should feel shame. I should feel guilt. I should push those feelings away because I'm pushing myself away. Because if you put a four-year-old in timeout, when they're 14, they're going to put themselves in timeout because they're going to have guilt and shame for having these negative emotions. But let's just normalize them. It's part of the human experience. It's 50% of your your human experience. 50% of your human experience is negative emotion. 50% is positive. You have to have that counterbalance to appreciate the positive. It's like having your birthday 365 days out of the year. You won't appreciate your birthday if you're having it every day of the year. So we just teach our kids that it's the vibration going through our body. Nothing bad's going to happen. It feels kind of icky. How does it feel for you? For me, it feels very, a lot of tightness in my chest. And they look at me like, wait, you've had this feeling too? I'm like, oh, it's totally normal. Grady said today, he's like, I'm so mad at you, mommy. I can't even remember why. I wouldn't let him watch something or something. He's like, I'm so mad at you right now. I'm like, 
that is totally fine. I said, I get mad at myself sometimes, so I totally get it. There's no resistance like, well, I told you, blah, blah, blah. There's no, there's no pushback. So I want you to think about when you're raising a child, it's almost like building a house. When Dave and I were building our house in Naples, in Del Sol, oh my gosh, I love that neighborhood. It was the only house we've ever built. And I don't mean we actually built it, but we had a builder build it for us. So we had to pick out all the things, like down to the outlets, down to the paint. It was a lot of pressure. I was like, can we just buy a house that's been built? Like just buy a house that's already been lived in. So we're building this house and we have to choose the where we want doorways, where we want outlets, where we want the plumbing, where do we want the toilet? I'm like, what? This is a lot of decisions. And I want you to think about raising a child. It's like building a house. In the underwiring of building a house, in the pipes, in the plumbing, and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, all the unconscious stuff is what I want you to think about when you're raising a child and trying to teach emotional literacy. Because you're laying down the foundation and you're laying down the groundwork of what to do with negative emotions when the house is built and finished. So while you're building the house, there will be leaks in the pipes. There will be electrical outlets. And that is totally normal and totally okay. Because I want to normalize it for you. I don't want to go through life and my kids not have negative emotions and we're just singing kumbaya, riding unicorns and sliding down rainbows. Because then when they get to be 24, 34, 44, and they have a breakup or something bad happens to them, or they strike out in baseball, whatever it is, I want them to know that that is part of the human experience. Because they've experienced it for so many years that it's completely normal, nothing to have shame or guilt about. And then they can bounce back from it. They don't have the beach ball holding underneath the water. They're like, oh, this is frustration. I felt this when I was four. Because we don't want to teach them to push it away. And that's why timeouts don't work. Because it literally pushes them away. It says, you have a negative emotion. Put yourself, go away and stop until the feeling goes away. Instead of running into the feeling like, oh, this is completely normal. Episode two, I talk about taming the tantrums and the exact steps of what to do when they're having the tantrum normalizing it is where you're going to connect with them. And when you have connection, you have cooperation. If I could get a tattoo, if I wasn't scared of needles, I would have one that says connection equals cooperation. I would also say model and embody. Those things, when you're modeling and embodying the traits you want for your kids, you let go of the rest. When you have connection with your kids, you will have cooperation. A lot more than stop it, stop it, stop it, go away, go away, go away during the messy moments. The messy moments are the ones you want to run into, not run away from. So if they're four and they're having negative emotion and you teach them what to do with it, it's completely normal. Here's how I handle it. Here's how you might handle it. And you hold the space for them and there's no like pushback from it. Then they realize that this is normal and then they're not going to push it away. So when they're four and they're doing this, then they're going to have the same thing happen at 14, 24, 34, 44, and so on. So they will not learn to stuff that vibration, they will learn to feel it. And then they're not going to stuff it by trying to buffer away from it. Buffering away means getting away from the emotion, putting themselves in their own timeout. Because an adult timeout is the same thing as a child timeout. Because what do we do when you have negative emotion as an adult? Because a lot of us were not taught how to handle complex emotions. So a lot of, I help people with their emotional eating. They're trying to buffer away and get away from the negative emotion. So at four, they sit on a timeout rug. At 24, 
There ain't a pile of ice cream. There ain't a box of ice cream. Watching Netflix. That's their adult version of timeout. They're going to try to drink it away, smoke it away, shop it away, Facebook it away, gamble it away, whatever they can do to stuff it away because they have shame and guilt versus letting the beach balls be on top of the water. I was at the doctor with Lily and um, she was seeing the allergist and we had a long conversation and she was having issues. She She was waking up and sneezing 20, 30 times. So we went to the allergist and she was allergic to dust. So we had the appointment with the doctor. It was probably an hour long. She talked about encasing her pillowcase, getting rid of the carpet, which we did, a lot of vacuuming, just a lot of tips we could do. We walk out of the doctor's office. I'm like, that was a good appointment. She's like, yeah, that was good. And she sees an ice cream truck outside. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And she's like, mommy, mommy, please, 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 please. And I'm like, uh, negative, negative, Nancy, not going to happen. And I didn't say, I was like, oh, no, probably not. Let's not, let's not today. And she starts flipping out like code red meltdown. I'm like, uh, like, I thought you had strategies to handle this. It's no to ice cream. I pretty much say no to ice cream a lot. So I don't know why this is such a big surprise. That's what the, that's what my brain's doing. My brain's going, uh, uh, alert, alert. There's a code red, code red meltdown. What's going on? And there's so many people like standing outside the ice cream truck. Who has an ice cream truck outside of the doctor's office, by the way? And so then my, my ego starts roaring up. And it starts seeing all these people look at me I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Even though they're not thinking about me, they're just thinking, oh, glad it's not my turn. Glad it's not my child. Glad I said yes. Of course, at this point, I can't give in and be like, oh, sure. I didn't know you were going to get upset about it. So I'm holding the space. I'm detaching because your ego is still going to rise up. Don't expect not to have an ego. My ego shows itself every single stinking honking day. And I'm always trying to bat it away like a, like a the baseball. But it's pretty cool because then you can just like, oh, hi, ego. Hi, come on in. I know you want to you want to have a ride in the car. You're not going to join. You're not going to sit in shotgun, but you can sit in the trunk. I see you. I hear you, but I'm not going to give in to you. So she's flipping out and I I try to hold the space. I'm detaching, detaching. Child of God, child. That's what goes through my mind. Child of God, child of God. She doesn't belong to you. She does not reflect you. Detach Kelly, detach Kelly, detach Kelly. And I said, you feel really upset about that, don't you? And that makes her even more upset. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know. Sometimes I wish I could have ice cream for breakfast. I'm trying to like laugh about it and it's not working. She's still flipping out. And so at this point, I want to say, go sit by the tree until you calm down. <laughs> go to timeout. Even though we don't do timeouts, I wanted her to go away because the crying was so piercing on my ears. And I'm like, okay. And I actually like when my kids melt down now because number one, I want to normalize it for you. And number two, I like to think about what is happening and it makes me even more conscious so I can tell you guys all the stuff. Or in my parenting boot camps, I love going on there. Or Lily will go live in there and she'll be like, listen, oh my gosh, I had the hugest meltdown today about the ice cream. It was next level. And I'm like, yeah, it was. And here's here's what I was going through in my mind. And here's what, and she's telling me what she's going through in her mind. And she's seeing red. So remember, you do not engage and lecture and say, well, there's too much sugar and, and we're trying to watch our sugar. And you don't do any of that. P.S. We just left the doctor. Okay. And sugar doesn't really help with allergies. So I, I hold the space the best I can. Again, this is not about perfection. I pretend like there's cameras on me. All that stuff. I, all these things are rattling through my head. The 60,000 is like rapid fire. So I hold the space, detach. You're feeling really, you're feeling really disappointed about that. And then I made the like, kind of joke, which didn't go over very well. I wish I could have ice cream for breakfast, which I do. And then I wanted to say, go sit by, by the tree until you calm down. And I was like, 
And so I was very nice. And I said, do you want help calming down or do you want to calm down by yourself? She's like, I just want to be alone. So I was giving her the choice versus go sit by the tree. I said, do you want to get in the car to calm down or do you want to go sit by the tree and calm down? I was giving her the option. She's like, just get in the car. Let's just go home. And I got in the car and she gets in the car. I'm like, oh my goodness, tantrums in the car, I think should be like illegal. I'm like, I don't even think I should be driving with a child crying with like when they were little and they would like baby crying in the car. I was like, this should be illegal that I'm driving because the stress that I'm feeling right now is next level. So she's crying, crying, crying. I said, sometimes for me, listening to Christian music really helps me calm down. And she's like, yeah. No, she's like, she just didn't ignore me. I'm, like, I'm just going to turn on Way FM. I'm obsessed with Way FM, by the way. Hi, Way FM people. So she's crying, crying, crying. She calms down because she doesn't need any strategies. Where Grady needs lots of strategies. He needs like, I need to give him two choices, like the whole nine yards. So every child is different. You have to remember that. So I'm just holding the space. I kind of normalize it. Like I wish I could have ice cream for dinner or for breakfast. And then she, I'm feeling like the, the redness come out. She's out of the, she's, I see her coming out of the burning building. And I'm just like standing out by the mailbox of the burning building. Remember, your child is in a burning building. They're in a rainstorm. You do not, I repeat, do not go into the burning building. You just give them the umbrella if they're in the rainstorm and you just kind of like walk with them. So I'm standing outside the burning building by the mailbox like, hey, I'm over here if you need me. I'm over here, but I'm not going in that burning building. Because what most parents do and what I used to do is they run in the burning building. They start yelling and screaming back. They add flames to the fire. I was such a flame fire burner adder. Now I'm a diffuser. or I try to be. That's the goal. And so then she called and I could see her coming out of the burning building. Now she's in the driveway and now she's like on the sidewalk, you know, like the curb where it's like not my property. I'm like still standing by the mailbox. And she's like, mommy, I'm sorry. And I'm like, girl, it's okay. I lose. I get very frustrated sometimes too. I feel like crying when I when I can't get something. I'm really disappointed about it. Disappointment is such a normal feeling to have. I totally get it because you want to connect on the emotion. You don't want to connect. You're trying to change the behavior, but you don't want to change the emotion. That's the goal. You want to change the behavior, but not change the emotion. She calms down. She's like, I'm really sorry. I don't even know what got into me. And she's like, I'm like, and then I was like, oh, it's totally cool. Totally cool. Playing it down. I was like, what was that all about? What? Tell me all the things. Cause I say no to ice cream all the time. Now we're like jack- joking and laughing about it. And I was like, I wanted to bring the ice cream truck home with me. Cause I don't like to see you like that. That makes me sad too. You know? And I said, just when you see like Maggie upset, you get sad because you love your puppies, pup, pup, pup so much. And she's like, you know what it was? And I'm like, what? Was it the chocolate eclair? Like what? Tell me. And she's like, I was really upset that the doctor said that I had to get rid of all my stuffed animals. And she starts bawling more. I'm like, he did? Wait, what? Huh? And she's like, he did. He said that if that if it gets worse, then I have to get And she's obsessed with her stuffed animals. I think she has about 75 of them. And I was like, oh, is that what it was all about? And she's like, yes. And I said, you know what that's called? That's called displacement. She's like, What? Yes, when you're upset about something else, but you take it out on something else because you want that negative vibration to come out of your body so fast that you just displace it onto something else. They call it kicking the dog. They're like, she's like, what? Kicking the dog? I said, sometimes I'll be upset that like I have so many emails or someone will write me like a nasty gram on email or something happens at work that really stresses me out. And then daddy will come home and he'll be like, what's for dinner? And I'll be like, what do you think's for dinner? I'll be like so snappy. And he'll be like, geez, what's your prob, Rob? I said, I'm totally displacing my frustration about that email onto daddy because the vibrations in your body and you want to get it out 
instead of, and so you take it out on like your most innocent people in your life. Kids are a really innocent person and so are puppies. That's why they say kick the dog. She's like, I would never kick a dog. I said, I know it's just a saying. You don't really kick the dog, but you were like kicking the ice cream truck and you're kicking me inadvertently because you're upset about the stuffed animals. Then I reassured her about that. And I said, next time, can you just let me know that you're upset about the stuffed animals? So I don't have to like think you're freaking out about, and you have this ice cream addiction. And we're like laughing about it now. And we're connecting about it. She's like, I don't know what got into me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally get that. Sometimes you just see red and you can't even like, you can't even think clearly when you're seeing red. It's kind of like, it's like you're in panic mode and your brain cannot think straight. That's why I like, if you're in panic mode and you're trying to like find something and you're running late, I always try to help you to calm down. Or if I'm looking for my phone and I have to leave and I'm late, I try to calm myself down because you can't think clearly when you're in that red zone. She's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't think of anything. And so I was like, I saw the ice cream. I'm like, I have to have it. And so just remember that you want to connect on those emotions because the emotion is what's going to make you connect with them, which makes them cooperate with you more because they're like, oh, she gets me. That connective tissue is everything. That's when I know it's working because everyone always asks me, how do you know it's working, Kelly? How do you know it's working? When will it work? When will it work? And I just tell them all the time, I know it's working because I'm only focused on my side of the street. I'm not focused on their side of the street and their ice cream truck and all their stuff because they have a very, very, very undeveloped, immature brain, which I mean in the most beautiful way possible. That's the beauty of kids. I love kids. So they have these undeveloped brains and we expect them to have these regulated emotions all the time. I'm 44 and I can't regulate my emotions sometimes. So I tell them that all the time. So then they realize like there's nothing wrong with them because they're looking at them us going, is there something wrong with me? And so if we're yelling and screaming, putting them in timeout, they're like, I think there might be something wrong with me. So then when they get older and they have negative emotions, they might have that same unconscious thought. There's something wrong with me. But instead, tell them when they're younger, nothing has gone wrong and lay that foundation in that home, very sturdy, because you that emotional literacy, you're laying with the pipes, with the wiring, with all the electricity. So then they can handle other things that come their way. That's going to make them better at school. That's going to make them better with making friends. That's going to make them better with their playing sports or playing the trombone, whatever they're going after, they're going to realize that success iceberg is so important. Because what you see on the top when you see someone successful, everything that goes on underneath, is what makes them successful. So they're going to very much bounce back from the negative emotions because there's nothing to bounce back from because they're like, oh, okay, this is totally cool. This is totally normal. Does that make sense? So I don't really dislike timeouts. I just know that it doesn't really teach them the things that we want to teach them. It's like giving them a book if they're in first grade and they know three words per page. I like the cat. Okay, that's four words. And then you give them a chapter book and you say, here, go read this magic treehouse book. And they're like, I, I can't read it, mom. I can't read it. They're like, well, go in your room and go sit in that rug. Go sit in time out until you can read it. And they're looking at this book going, I can't figure this book out. What are you talking about? Which makes them more upset. It adds flames to the fire of the burning building that they're already in. Or to giving them a math problem. They're in first grade and you're giving them multiplication. So it's always on that level. So their emotional literacy is just like teaching reading. You always want to get them on that instructional level. And then when they're in your four walls, normalize it, support them and storytell. Like this happened to me when I was your age and it happens to me now, even today. So then they're not so afraid of it and trying to get away from it and run from it. And you're building the connection during that the whole time. And when you build connection, what do you have? You will have cooperation. Just like you teach them, if they fall off a bike and they get physical pain and they get hurt, you don't say, oh, figure it out, get over it, stop, go sit in timeout until you feel better. 
the physical pain of, of skinning their knee, you're going to bring them in the house. You're going to show them where the band-aids are. You're going to teach them about Neosporin. You're going to cleaning up their cuts. You're going to teach them all those things by and modeling and embodying it for them. Like, oh, that must have hurt. I fell off my bike too before, which I did. It was a bummer. It totally stunk. I bet this really stings, doesn't it? Those are all just the same thing you're doing with emotional literacy. And so as they get older, what's really cool is that they're going to know where the Neosporin is. They're going to know where the Band-Aids are. They're going to know that they need to clean up their boo-boos before they put on Neosporin because we're teaching that to them. The same thing works with reading literacy. The same thing works with physical pain. The same thing works with emotional pain. You teach them by modeling and embodying it and holding the space and teaching them the steps. And then they're going to do the steps with each other. It's pretty cool to see. And then you'll see over time, the tantrums get fewer and further between, and they're much less intense. And you'll see them before they get in the red zone, like Grady today. I'm so mad at you, mommy. And I'm like, it's totally cool. I get mad at myself too. I totally get it. I feel mad sometimes at two at daddy. He's like, what? Sometimes I get mad and I don't even know why I'm mad. They're like, what? I'm like, it's totally cool. I know. It's totally fine. Then there's no like pushback. So I hope this helped. And please let me know. I love your reviews. If you could leave me a review and let me know what your biggest takeaway is with this and share this with another mom so we can get them off the struggle bus because I was on the struggle bus for so long and now I see people getting off the bus. And so we have to give the ticket off the struggle bus to other moms because I want you to enjoy your children so much more and have fun with them and be able to go on vacations and not need a vacation from your vacation because the joy is in the word enjoy. So when you have joy with them, they know that you love them and you like them and then they enjoy you too. And they're not so much pushing you away because they're like, oh, she gets me. He gets me. So please leave a review, share this with a friend, and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp, where we take all of this to the next level, and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.